Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Flyers Daily. Another off day, but another episode for your liking. And welcome to your Tuesday edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Everybody, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thanks for leaving us ratings and reviews. We appreciate all of it. And I saw a couple of nice new reviews on there uh, today. So thank you if you're one of the people that left one. If you haven't left one, I certainly encourage you to. Uh, let me tell you real quick, upcoming Flyers games. The Flyers March to the Playoffs is on, and you won't want to miss all of the exciting theme nights and giveaways headed to the Wells Fargo Center. Now make plans for the March 10th game and receive a free Flyers baseball cap courtesy of Tata Consultancy Services and explore the schedule now at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. A lot of great games coming up. We'll get to that momentarily. A late, uh, a light night, excuse me, in the National Hockey League on this Monday. Uh, but the Flyers will be back in action on Wednesday for a big one against the first place in the Metropolitan Division, Washington Capitals. The only two games, uh, none of the teams in the Metro, none of the games, uh, only one Eastern Conference team playing. That's the Red Wings. So no need to belabor the point with the scoreboard. But the Flyers right now, as it sits on this uh, March day, early March, as the Flyers and the march to the playoffs is on March 3rd. The Flyers sit with 83 points in the second spot of the Metropolitan Division through 65 games. Three points back of the Caps with a win on Wednesday. They can move within a point of the first place Washington Capitals. Penguins with 80 points, 64 games in the third spot. The Isles and Columbus Blue Jackets holding down wild card one and two, each with 78 points. And on the outside looking in, the Carolina Hurricanes with 75 points. They're running out of runway. And the New York Rangers with 74 points, and the Panthers for that matter, with 73. Right now their best shot is to get the third spot in the Atlantic Division, but they are now five points back of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is this the lineup? That would start the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs with the Bruins as the one seed in the Eastern Conference as the Atlantic Division champion with 94 points. They're up right now seven points on Tampa for the top spot. So if the season did end today, and this is in fact the eight teams in the Eastern Conference that would make the playoffs, that would mean the Boston Bruins would draw the Columbus Blue Jackets in round number one. The Washington Capitals would draw the New York Islanders in round number one. Tampa would play host and have the home ice advantage over the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Atlantic Division bracket. And the Flyers would get the Pittsburgh Penguins with home ice advantage in the Metropolitan Division bracket. We'll see if in a couple weeks' time that's exactly how it plays out in the Eastern Conference. We shall see. The upcoming schedule for the Flyers this week, I mentioned they head to D.C. to take on the Caps, where the last time they were there, just a February 8th, a little while back, they belted the Capitals in a big win. That was on February 8th. It was a 7-2 win behind the goaltending of Brian Elliott and the Flyers on that night, 7-2 winners in D.C. Quick turnaround for the Flyers. They'll be at home on Thursday. Three-game homestand kicking off Thursday evening against the Carolina Hurricanes. Buffalo on Saturday, and then the Boston Bruins next Tuesday. And who can't forget how that last Boston Bruins game uh, ended against the Philadelphia Flyers. That was the 6-5 shootout win for the Flyers. They were down 5-2 in that game back on January 13th. They battled back, got it to overtime at 5-5, headed to the shootout. That's when Brad Marchand 
nipped the puck and didn't get a shootout attempt. And the Flyers skated off with two points and a 6-5 win against the Bruins all the way back in mid-January at the Wells Fargo Center. So we'll see the Bruins coming up next Tuesday, a week from today. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about in this episode today, and we're going to get to some Twitter questions coming up, um, and it's one of these, you know, the, the, the website came out with the Flyers having the best odds to win the Stanley Cup based on their path and the algorithm. And just the conversation that I've heard and seen on social media and heard on the airwaves about this cup contender status. And it's such a, it's such a weird thing to talk about. It's natural to talk about it, but it's also a weird thing to talk about it when you have a team like the Flyers who haven't been haven't been to the playoffs consistently two years in a row in a long time and haven't won a playoff series since 2012. Yet there's so many people that want to put this tag on the team of cup contender or they're, they're a team that could go to the Stanley Cup. And I think the, the, the issue I have with it is this, is that why do we need to put that tag on this team right now? Are they a team that could go to a Stanley Cup? Sure. Any team that gets into the playoffs in the Stanley Cup in the NHL can go to a Cup final because we've seen eight seeds like Los Angeles in 2012 win a Cup. We saw the Flyers as a seven seed get to a Cup final in 2010. We've seen this before. So, of course, that's that's an obvious thing. And if they're a team that's playing well, has got depth scoring, has goaltending, then, of course, they're a Cup contender. In the, in the true sense of what cup contender means. But my point is, is why do we have to put that label on it? It's like we're setting ourselves up for disappointment if they don't reach the ultimate goal. Now, the ultimate goal is obviously to, to get to a cup final and win it. That's, a, that's obvious. Again, obvious. But why are we putting that moniker on a team on March 3rd? Um, I don't have a huge issue with it, but I'm just wondering what the point of that is. Because to me, I just want to enjoy the rest of this regular season knowing that this is not the Flyers team of the past six years, that this is a team that has been built for success this season with a great coaching staff who are in year one, and that's built for many cup runs beyond this season. I don't see why there's this incessant need, and I heard a ton of it on sports radio, and it it irked me all day. That we got to put this well, they're a team that can win the cup. Well, why do we have to go there? To me, that's it, it's a bit lazy, actually. To be honest with you, I, I just don't like it. Let's enjoy the rest of this regular season, and when the playoffs start, let's see who they draw, who they get in round one. The one thing I know is that when a team gets in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you have no idea who they're going to play in round two, in round three, or in, or in the Stanley Cup final, because upsets happen all the time. Like, I always go back to 2010. The Flyers ended up with home ice advantage in the conference final as a seven seed because Montreal, as the eight seed, upset the Washington Capitals behind incredible goaltending from Halak and eventually got to a conference final where the Flyers knocked them out. Last year, the Columbus Blue Jackets swept the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had 128 regular season points. They swept them. So th- this notion and the path to a cup you can't determine that now. You don't know the path. Nobody knew the Flyers were a cup team in 2010 because they didn't know the path was not going to include Washington, who got knocked out by the, the uh, Montreal in the first round. They ended up getting New Jersey. They had an improbable comeback from down 0-3 against the Bruins to come back and win that series and make history. 
They got the Montreal Canadiens in home ice advantage in the conference final, and then obviously they went on to the final. So I, I just don't understand this need to put that to, to tag them with the cup contender right now. Just a rant. Maybe I know some people probably disagree. Hit my Twitter at Jason Mert if you disagree and kind of explain the situation. I, I know we want to heap expectations on teams, but this isn't football with 16 games. This is hockey. It's a little bit different. If you get in, of course, you can win. You can go on a run. If you get great goaltending, all those things can happen. I just don't understand why we're so quick to put labels on things and why so many people want to fast forward and not just go through the entire ups and downs of a crazy Stanley Cup playoff run. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs is a war. You got to win 16 games, and it is a heap of a of a of a job to do. We'll see if the Flyers can do it. I don't know if the construction of their team right now is a team that's going to be great in the playoffs. I think they are because they have depth scoring, they have toughness, they have grit, they have guys that uh, can play physical, semi-heavy hockey. They can do all those things. But are they a team that in the playoffs that's going to be able to wear down an opponent? I don't know. You know why I don't know it? Because I haven't seen it. And when I see it with this group, then I'll know. But until then, until I see it through a round or two in the playoffs, I'm not ready to sit there and come out with uh, and tattoo cup, cup, uh, cup contender onto them just yet. They have all the pieces. They have the coaching. The GM's done his job and given them the right ingredients. We'll see if they can do it. Let's get to some Twitter questions. Uh, I want to start with this one. Uh, Chris Dinsmore tweets in, and he says, a couple of people asking questions in this regard, Michael Smith as well. But Chris says, will it take a Flyers loss for Ghost to get back in the lineup? Michael Smith says, minus an injury, does Ghost crack the lineup again this season? It's a great question. Um, I don't know the the answer to it, to be honest with you. I, I would think that he's going to get back in at some point. I don't think he's played his last game of the season as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. If uh, Robert Hag uh, tr- struggles at some point, or a guy is just hampered, or they want to give a veteran rest, depending on the situation, uh, he could get back in the lineup. But when things are going this well, uh, and this well defensively, the coaching staff is not going to make a change. Dutchie Hoops tweets in and says, why haven't you interviewed Sam Moran yet about what he's doing differently in therapy the second time around with his ACL? Um, I tend not to talk to injured players very often. Um, the, the team doesn't love interviews with injured players, but... Um, it's something maybe I can dip into, and I'll see if I can get a conversation with Sam. So fair point, Dutchie Hoops. I'll see if I can find out uh, some info and maybe have a conversation with uh, with Big Sam Moran on this very podcast. Justin tweets in and he says, is Tyler Pitlick elite? I know he's kidding, but uh, Tyler Pitlick is not an elite player, but he is an important player and does his job. Um, gin and Juice, I love Gin and Juice, tweets in and says, from a technical standpoint, what specifically have you seen evolve in Hart's game this year? Please get as detailed as you want. I love in-depth goalie breakdowns. Um, I'll take it to a certain point, Gin and Juice, but uh, from a technical standpoint, I, I guess you mean year to year from his rookie season to this year. Uh, to me, I see a goalie that's reading plays a lot better, um, understanding what teams are trying to do at the NHL level, and that's a lot of cross-slot line passes, that's a lot of, you know, deception in the way guys release shots. I think that his reads have been more detailed. I think his post-integration work has been more detailed because loose arms and little holes in the body at the NHL, they will exploit those things. You saw him give up a goal earlier this season uh, right right inside the post while he was in a, a it's called an RVH, reverse vertical horizontal, leaning against the post down on his knees, and, it, and it, they caught him upstairs on it. Um, 
you got to be a little bit more diligent, a little bit stiffer in your lean, and a little taller in that position. I've seen um, some little tweaks that way. Uh, and honestly, my biggest gripe with Hart was his ability to handle the puck, his lack of decisiveness. And what I've seen in the last about 10 games, it looks like he's a, a little more decisive. All you want to do for a goalie that doesn't handle the puck well or hasn't handled it a lot at the NHL level is go be decisive and make the 10-foot pass. So a couple things have to happen. First and foremost, your defensemen have to peel from you and give you that, a place to put that 10-foot pass and communicate it. And they've done that. And he's done a good job being more decisive. Earlier in the season, anytime he handled the puck, it was like it was a grenade on a stick. It just was a, a, an adventure every time. And that can cause some real, real big problems. Ryan Eaton tweets and says, do you play hard against the better team in Washington or do you save him for the game at home against the Canes given his home track record and Elliott playing well in Washington a few weeks ago? Yeah, Elliott played in that game a few weeks ago where the Flyers got the 7-2 to win. I don't know what Elaine Vigneault is going to do in this situation. Both goalies are obviously going to play Wednesday or Thursday in the back-to-back. And I don't know where Vigneault is going to go here. I would probably go to Elliott in that game against Washington, even though it may deem it as the more important game. Um, but I'm fine with either either whatever he decides to do here. He's not going to – a couple of people suggested on Twitter, play him in both games. Come on, people, do and somebody said, play him until the Flyers clinch. If you want to play your goalie into the concrete and ruin him for the rest of the year and risk injury, then that's your prerogative. But I will just tell you, that's extremely short-sighted and incredibly dumb. Um, so I'll say that, I'll say this. I'll say that I'll make a prediction. Elaine Vigneault will start Hart against Washington, and I'll start Brian Elliott at home. I think he wants to keep the ball rolling maybe with Hart playing on the road and having success. It is a tough, tough game against a tough opponent coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Kenny Gelhouse tweets in and says, Braun has been great the last month or so. Do the Flyers bring him back next year, like on a one- or two-year deal if someone like Ghost or Hag is move, isn't moved during the draft? Would also love to see Freeman get a look next year. Smart player and plus skater. Um, yeah, I agree with all your assessments there. Uh, and you're right, Braun, particularly this weekend against the Rangers, he was phenomenal. He had a couple multi-point games recently as well. He has been really good. He has really settled in nicely, and that's a great sign for the Flyers in the playoffs to have a veteran D that can can do those type of things. So um, I don't know where you go in the offseason. you got a lot coming still defensively. And, you know, are you going to want to pay him what he's going to be worth on the market to be a 5-6 D man? Because right now 1-2 is Niskanen and Proroff. Uh, 3-4 is clearly Sanheim and Myers, and they're just getting better every game they play. Um, so that's that's part of the equation that you have to figure out. Or do you go with a younger guy, whether that's Ghost back in or a guy like Friedman? Um, you still got two guys coming to you. You still got Cam York coming and Igor Zamula as well. So we'll see where they go. Not that Cam York or Zamula are options next year, but long-term they are. Uh, Josh Hoffman says, are the Flyers really as good as we all think they are? Or is this just fool's gold? I've gone through this a thousand times, Josh. This is not the Flyers team of past. This isn't the team that got hot to only fall short. It's different. Use your eyes. Look at it. You can see it's different. You can tell it's different. And you can tell because they have depth scoring. They have veteran defensemen and good young defensemen. And they have goaltending. So uh, to answer your question, this is not fool's gold. Uh, Joshua Hudson tweets in and says, Who's one player not on the roster that could be called up or who's a player who could sit or sent down for the playoffs. Well, they're not going to send Nicholas Albay-Kubel down. He's got to pass through waivers now, and he wouldn't get through. The only player that can come up and down uh, four times would be Joel Farabee. And because he was called up yesterday, 
uh, or against the Rangers because Sean Couturier had the flu, that does not count as one of the call-ups. So they still have four call-ups in regards to Joel Farabee. Um, Steve Miller tweets in and says, if the Flyers decide to bring Farabee back up and take Thompson out, who is the fourth-line center, Lawton or Raffle? Uh, I think it's Raffle, clearly. Lawton has been playing in a top-six role and has been unbelievably good. So I don't think you're going to mess with Scott Lawton. Um, Gritty is my co-pilot, tweets in, Von PSU 22 and he says, in my opinion, the biggest change this year has been elite play in the neutral zone. Is that personnel or system? Do you agree? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's it's absolutely system, and the attention to detail in the neutral zone has been far different, but having the personnel to execute it, I think it's a big part of that equation as well. It's a great observation by you, and I totally agree with what you're saying. All right, two more questions. Uh, Fry Stark Adamsk tweets in and says, is there a line combo that you think AV could put together that would absolutely dominate in a deep playoff run? Uh, for example, like Briere, Hartnell, and Leno did back in 2010. Uh, I think you already have that. And, and the good news is you have even more depth scoring with that line intact. And that line is really simple. It's Jake Voracek, Sean Couturier, and Claude Giroux. I mean, that line is as good as any line in the league. They may not score the bulk amount of goals, but the thing about that line is they also play against a lot of teams' best offensive line. So if they played against the Bruins, that line's going to draw Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak and likely come out plus on that equation. So that's that's the reason why uh, that, that line could absolutely be a horse in the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, last question comes from A.J. Yates. I like this question. He says, uh, and you can tweet me, at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. He says, hey, Jason, had a fun question for uh, the next episode to pass time before Wednesday. He says, in your time covering the Flyers, who's been your favorite Flyer to interview and why? Also, are there any Flyers that gave you a hard time? Well, there's both of those. Um, different kinds of hard time, but I'll give you an example of each. Uh, the favorite guy that I've had to deal with in all my years, and I think it's 12 seasons now that I've been doing the Flyers games, um, is Danny Breer. It's not even close. There's a lot of great guys. Simone Gagne was a great guy. Um, a lot of guys on the current team, good guys to deal with. There's been guys over the years that, you know, haven't been great to deal with, whether it was Braden Coburn or whether it was a guy like like Jeff Carter off the air, we'd have great conversations. We'd talk about NASCAR or whatever, but if I was interviewing him, he would just be a stick in the mud because he didn't want to do interviews. <laughs> so he would just give me nothing. Um, but I, but he never, like, broke my balls or anything like that. Uh, but Danny Briere has always just handled himself with the utmost respect and class. I don't think anybody's going to find this hard to believe that that's my answer. Um, and I've told this to Danny. He's just such a good guy, a good person, that he's been the guy that I've I've loved to cover the most in my time covering the Flyers. And then he says, are there any Flyers that gave you a hard time? Um, well, Chris Pronger was always giving you a hard time. Um, even when I had him on a couple weeks ago on this very podcast, he was giving me a hard time. He was always ripping me about my height, and he was on skates, so that was unfair. Um, so much so that the original time when I stood on a cart to interview a player was because of him. Um, Pronger was a guy that would give me a hard time. Scott Hartnell, we had some interesting moments. They were always fun. Um, I think I told the story when Hartnell came in for an interview. He had just committed a penalty late in a period, uh, like with like 15 seconds left, a dumb penalty, and he knew it was dumb. And I had already requested for him to come in for the interview, and he walks in the room, and he just he took a two-hander 
to my broadcast table with his stick. And he happened to just hit a brand new can of Copenhagen and it exploded everywhere. I mean everywhere. And the next game I come in, the next home game, I walk in and I'm setting up my stuff in, inside the NBA One locker room where I do the broadcast from. And he walks in. This is about two hours before the game. And he walks in and he sees me. And then he leaves and he comes running back in. And he hands me two cans of Copenhagen. <laughs> and he apologized. But uh, some great moments with Scott Hartnell for sure. And Pronger, well, I love dealing with him because he was always great, great copy. And he would always give you something. The only guy that came out and talked uh, on the radio with me right after the Flyers lost the Cup in 2010. Uh, but he would give me a hard time quite a bit. And I don't think anybody will find that hard to believe either. All right, that's going to put a wrap on episode, your Tuesday episode, rather, of Flyers Daily. Uh, make sure you get leave us those rating and reviews. We always appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, we'll start taking requests for the music as well. Uh, no more alt. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed the Jimmy from yesterday. What's the music today? Well, you're about to find out. In the meantime, everybody, enjoy your hot.